Well, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Jessica wrote that song. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so you ain't going to find that one on Spotify. Uh, you got to come here to the church to be able to worship to that one. Uh, and so what an amazing opportunity. What an amazing truth to declare here this morning, right? That we stand uncondemned before our holy God because of the sacrifice of our God on that cross. Like we are now clothed in righteousness of Jesus Christ, right? Like those old filthy rags of sin and brokenness cast off clothed in white robes of Jesus. And what an amazing reminder for us. I, 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 I love this. I love, I love John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. If you, if you remember, uh, uh, it's, the, it's the woman that was caught in adultery. And they were going to stone her. And Jesus said, Who's with ever, who, whoever's without sin, cast the first so, stone. And they just left. Right? And Jesus asks the woman, where are your accusers? Has nobody condemned you? She says, nobody, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Listen, if you're a disciple of Jesus in the room here today, like that's yours. Like that's your reality, right? Own that, declare that, grab that thing with both hands and don't let go. You stand uncondemned by the blood of Jesus. And what an amazing reminder for us as we dive into the word uh, and wrap up where we've been the last uh, few months here in Luke chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that, get that open to Luke chapter 12. We're gonna finish out the chapter here this morning. And so while you are doing that, I just wanna recap where we've been the last couple of weeks here. Uh, If you remember Easter, Jesus is, is preaching and he says, he says, hey, stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning because your master's coming back. Your, your, your master is coming back. And then, and then uh, uh, after that, he, said, he says, live like that faithful servant. Don't be like the unfaithful servant. Don't be like the unfaithful servant who's, who's getting drunk. He's beating the fellow servants. And he's saying that Jesus isn't going to come back. He's saying his master's not going to come back. He said, don't live like that guy. And then last week, Jesus just just lays down the gauntlet, right? Like, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring division. Not because he's an angry God, but because any time the kingdom of God collides with the domain of darkness, there will be division, there'll be oppression, there'll be all kinds of stuff. And it's in that context that we find ourselves here in our scripture for this morning. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 54, says... This, And he also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret this present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right as you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful um, 
And God, for preaching truth to us, Lord, we're thankful for uh, the opportunity to gather into this place to worship you, to lift your name high, to, to praise your name, God. And, I, and, I, and I'm thankful for the preaching of your word. God, pray, Lord, that, uh, that, it, that it incites something in our souls here this morning, mine included, to, to live in our present time with gospel urgency. And so, God, we, we thank you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I would be lying to you if I told you that I did not struggle with this passage here uh, uh, this past week. Right? This is uh, uh, not an easy passage of scripture to, to try to interpret and then, and then turn into something that you guys can use for our present moment. And so, and so I, I, I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't struggle with this text but here's what I want to do this morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to make it as easy as possible. I want, to, I want to help us to interpret our present moment, right? Our present reality. I want to help us to interpret it. I want to, I want to, I want to help us define our present reality. And then I want to help us to live in this present reality with urgency, Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help us interpret our present moment, define our present moment, and then live in our present moment. For all of you type A'ers out there, that's my outline, all right? That's where I'm going. Uh, and, and, and I recognize that, that, that I might seem a little bit on fire right now. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and listen, if I'm, if I'm looking at you like this and I'm doing all this stuff with my hands and I'm yelling at you, and I'm, uh, listen to me, look at me. I love you, right? I, I love you. I, I, I ain't yelling at you. Like, like I am for you. I, I'm for you. I wanna, I wanna light a fire. I want the spirit to light a fire in your soul so you can walk out of those doors changed. Like I am for you. You are built for this. All right, that's, that's, that's that. So rant over. <laughs> so, in order for us to understand the time and the context in which we live, our present reality right now, we have to understand that Jesus is the key to interpreting our present reality. Jesus is the key to interpreting our present reality. Now, here's what I mean by that. Our reality, the, the, the world in which we live, revolves around Jesus, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Like, like everything you experience, all history, all future, all right now, orbits around Jesus. He is the key to interpreting our reality. I love Revelation 1.8. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. All of history, all of our future, all of our right now orbits around what Jesus is doing, what Jesus has done, what Jesus will do. Every bit of our past, present, and future hinges on Jesus. And if you're in the room and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I don't know, that's a big statement. That's a, that's a big statement. I don't, I don't know if, G, if all of, of history, if all reality hinges around. I don't know if I believe that. Listen to me. The entire calendar system revolves around the birth of Jesus. 
right? Like BC, before Christ, like AD, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. We live in AD, the year of our Lord, 2023. You wouldn't know your birthday without Jesus. <laughs> and that's a, that's, a fa- that's a reality. Jesus is the key to interpreting our present reality. And so here's what we need to know. There's two, <clears throat> two things that we need to understand. The first is for the people in Jesus's time, the people that he's talking to in this present moment uh, in scripture, for, for these people, their present reality revolved around the coming of the Messiah. Their present reality revolved around the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah had not come yet. They hadn't come yet. And there was prophecy after prophecy after prophecy reminding the Jewish people that the Messiah was coming, that Christ is coming, the Savior of the world is coming. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going he's to heal the sick. He's going to free the captives. He's going to usher in the kingdom of God and ultimately he would be uh, broken and pierced for our transgression, our sin. Their entire culture revolved around the coming of the Christ, the Messiah, a savior who would reconcile all men back to God. And what Jesus is saying to the people here is, is, is hey, look, you know that when a cloud rises in the west, that rain is coming and it happens. You know when there's a, a south wind blowing that is scorching summer heat and it happens. So why can't you interpret uh, the present time? All those prophecies about the Messiah. How can you not look at me standing right in front of you and know that I am the Messiah that you've been waiting for? I'm standing right in front of you This is the present reality for the people that Jesus is speaking to in this text. He's saying the Messiah is here, flesh and blood, right in front of you. The prophecies are fulfilled. The time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. All of history, all you've been waiting for, climaxes at this moment The Messiah is here. Well, that's the reality for the people that Jesus is talking to in this passage. But what about us? What does this mean for us today? How do we interpret our present reality, our our right now, in light of this scripture? Well, for us today, our present reality revolves around the finished work of Jesus Christ and his imminent return. For those of us here today, our present reality revolves around the finished work of Jesus Christ on that cross and his imminent return. We're no longer waiting for our Savior to come. He's already come. Because of the the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we live right now in expectant anticipation for his return. And this is why Jesus says, be ready, stay ready, keep your lamps burning. I love this, Revelation 20, I stand at the door and knock. Like he's on the doorstep. Right, he's not not down the road somewhere. 
right? It's not some, just some date on the calendar, well, May 27th, uh, you know, 2047, uh, that's the day I'm coming back. No, he's, he's, he's on the doorstep right now. He's opening the door. He's stepping through the threshold right now. And that means that we live in the right now kingdom of God. We live in the right now kingdom of God. That's our present reality. It's this Jesus returning kingdom of God. It's this Jesus on the doorstep kingdom of God. It's this Jesus opening the door kingdom of God. We're right on the precipice of Jesus just stepping through that threshold, stepping through that door and our reality changing in an instant. It's right now kingdom of God. Our present reality is defined by what Jesus has already done. He's already lived that perfect life. He's already, he's already died. He's already resurrected. He's already ascended to the throne. Revelation 12 says you caught up to the throne of God. It, our present reality is defined by what he is doing. It's right now kingdom advancement. And it's defined by what he will do, returning in power and great glory, conquering every corner of the earth. That means that our present reality right now is right now kingdom advancement. It's right now kingdom advancement. As Jesus is returning, the kingdom is advancing. Now is the time to advance the kingdom of God. Listen, this is the reality that you and I live in. We were born in this. Listen, you were built for this right now. Kingdom of God advancing right now. Spirit of God working in and through you to advance his kingdom into the nations, into your community, into your family, into the the hearts and the minds of the people all around you. Jesus is using you to plunder the enemy's house. He's using you to plunder the enemy's house. Right, using you to free God's people from slavery to sin. Using you to free God's people from slavery to deception. Slavery to lies and deceit. Slavery to accusation and guilt. Slavery to anxiety and depression. Listen to me, if that doesn't light a passion in your soul to go out and beat down darkness and save the people around you, then listen to We're going to get our tails handed to us. Because with every great advancement of the kingdom of God comes great opposition. With every great advancement of the kingdom of God comes great opposition. Here's what I mean. Revelation chapter 12 Now war arose in heaven, war. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now, right now, 
the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But this is us. Listen to this. But woe to you, O earth and sea. That's us for the dragon The devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Jump down to 17. And the dragon became furious and he went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's our reality. With every great advancement of the kingdom of God comes great opposition. This is the reality of the time in which we live. We, we live and breathe kingdom opposition, right? Like, 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 like this, we were born into war. But listen to me, look at me. You were built for this. You, you were built for this. Both Jesus and the apostle John described this opposition uh, in the Greek as megaphlipsis. What that means is, is great pressure, Right, like two tectonic plates just colliding against one another. It's translated in your Bibles as great tribulation. Any time the kingdom of God collides with the domain of darkness, there will be opposition. And it'll be furious. This is the reality that we were born into. This is why Jesus calls us to get ready and to stay ready. Listen, the kingdom of God is breaking through right now, even as we speak. And this is why Jesus says, I came to bring division, not peace, not because he's an angry God, but because his kingdom is colliding with the kingdoms of darkness, right? Like the, the uh, we, this, This isn't new, right? Like Jesus experienced this opposition to his kingdom work. Like he was tortured and murdered for being God. His disciples experienced this opposition, right? Almost every single one of them were publicly executed. The, The first century Christians... They, they experienced this, right? They, they, were, they were fed to lions. They were thrown into the Roman Colosseum as entertainment. They were sawn in two. They were burned alive. That sounds like great opposition to me. We experience it. Maybe not here in the West, but you better believe that, that there is kingdom up. There's great tribulation right now. Like brothers and sisters in Iraq and Iran are being murdered for their faith, right? Brothers and sisters in China are being beaten. They're being tortured. They're being thrown in prison. And one of the great deceptions of the enemy to keep us from being effective in the kingdom of God is to think that, that this is gonna happen sometime in the future, No, it's it's right now, right now. Right now, kingdom opposition. Listen to me. Look at me. Again, 
I love you. <laughs> I, like I, I'm preaching this because you are built for this. Like I want you to be a threat to the domain of darkness. Right, like you were created to be a conqueror, to be a threat. To the, like, like I want your prayers to be like mortar fire on the enemy's camp. Right, like what if we gathered in this place once a week and we were on our faces in prayer, just wave after wave after wave of, of mortar fire, just shelling the enemy's camp until he's in the corner with anxiety and depression, not you. Right now, kingdom of God. The return of Christ is imminent. The kingdom is advancing. There's great opposition. And this is exactly what Jesus wants us to realize here in this passage. Interpret your present reality. It's right now, kingdom of God. Right now, kingdom of God. Jesus is the key to interpreting our present reality, and our present reality is right now, kingdom of God. And that means that we need to live in our present reality with urgency. We need to live in our present reality with urgency. Look back at verse 58. Jesus says, as you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer puts you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the very last penny. What Jesus wants you to understand is that your time is short. The master is on his way. Jesus is returning. He's on the doorstep. You're on your way to the judge. So we need to settle with our accuser. We need to live in this present moment with urgency for ourselves and for those around us. Here's what we need to know. There is a very real enemy. He's called Satan. He's called the devil. He's described in Revelation 12 as the great red dragon. And he accuses you day and night. You, 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 you. He accuses you day and night before God. He pours from his mouth a flood of accusation, a flood of deceit, a flood of despair, a flood of anxiety, a flood of depression in order to consume you and your life. That's our reality. What, what Revelation 12 is trying to do for us is to incite something in our souls. To, to, to stir up our emotions, to stir up our affection for Jesus, right? right? Like when you tell me that there is a great dragon pouring from his mouth accusation and deceit and despair and anxiety and, dis and depression, and that flood is coming for my soul, it's coming for my wife, coming for my friends, my family, my God, my King, let's go! Like I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to live in this present moment with urgency. Here's the enemy's playbook. 
He's going to condemn you for your sin. He's going to condemn you for your, he's going to place in your heart and mind the word guilty. He's going to say your sin is too great. It's too late for you. You're too far gone. Remember that decision you made 20 years ago? That'll haunt you forever. Remember that past life you lived? Can't be forgiven for that. He's gonna condemn you of your, he's gonna, he's gonna deceive you with lies. He's gonna say that Jesus' blood was not enough. You'll never be able to change. You're not good enough. You can't be fixed. That addiction, you'll never be free. That anxiety, you'll always be a slave. That depression, you'll never have hope. He's gonna deceive you with lies. He's gonna threaten you with death. And in his attempt to get you to compromise. And it's not just always with the threat of death itself, but with the threat of death to all you love and hold dear. It's the threat of death to your marriage if you refuse to compromise. It's the, it's the threat to your job if you stand firm in your faith. It's the, it's, the, it's the death to your reputation if you don't bow to the agenda of the world. He's gonna condemn you for your sin. He's gonna, he's gonna deceive you with lies. He's gonna threaten you with death. That's the enemy's game. That's his game. So how do we settle with this accuser of ours, how do, we, how do we disarm his accusations? How do, we, how do we conquer him? Well, Revelation 12. The great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now, right now, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come right now, not in the future, now. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. That's how you conquer. That's how you conquer. So where the devil condemns us with guilt, we conquer by the blood of the lamb. Where the devil condemns us with guilt, we conquer by the blood of the lamb. Listen, I ain't gonna lie. Like you and I, we're guilty. I ain't sugarcoat that. Like we are guilty. We, we, we are guilty if you have not accepted Christ as your savior, if you, have, if you have not forsaken your sin and made him Lord of your life, if you have not repented and accept, accepted his sacrifice for you in, in your place, then listen, you are guilty. He ain't lying about that. But listen to me, if you're a disciple of Jesus in the room today, you stand uncondemned. You stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You have conquered 
all guilt, all accusation by the blood of Jesus Christ. You stand now in his righteousness, uncondemned. I love this, Revelation uh, 1, 4 through 6. I just love Revelation, okay? <laughs> like, I've used, like, all of it now. Uh, but I, I, just, I just love this, right? Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. How? By his blood and made us a kingdom priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Listen, you cannot outsin the grace of God. Like, good luck trying. You cannot outsin the grace of God found in the blood of Jesus Christ. This is how we overcome the accusations of guilt and condemnation from the enemy. This is how you settle with your accuser. Listen to me, if you have not done that, if you're in the room today and you haven't done that, then, 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 then now, now is the time. Today is the day. Like, listen, you were built for this. You were built to be a conqueror. You weren't built to be uh, beaten down and conquered by the enemy. You were built to win by the Spirit of Christ. So if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, we're gonna have people up here who'd love to have that conversation with you. Today is the day. Now's the time. The time is right now. Kingdom breaking through. Where the devil deceives us with lies, we conquer by the truth of his word. Where the devil deceives us with lies, we conquer by the truth of the word. Again, Revelation says we conquer the dragon by the word of our testimony. This word of our testimony, this is, this is testimony of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's the truth of God's word. The great redemption narrative. What God has said and declares is the truth. Like it is, it is true. It's not a truth. It's the truth. It is truth embodied. That's how you conquer lies and deception. We live right now in our present reality with urgency by knowing, speaking, and living the truth of God found in his word. We disarm the lies and the enemies, uh, the lies and the deceit of the enemy by being relentless about truth. You, you wanna conquer lies and deception, you be relentless about truth. This truth, relentless, know it, live it, speak it. Where the devil threatens us with death, we conquer by declaring the gospel to ourselves, to those around us, and to our accuser. With the gospel, we have hope that death is not the final word, amen? Amen. Because of the perfect life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, eternal life is our hope, it's our promise, and it's our future. This is why the apostle Paul can say to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ. To die. What are you gonna do? You're gonna kill me? To die is gain. 
what are you going to do? You're going to throw me in prison? I'll convert the whole place. Like, what can you do? There's nothing you can do to live as Christ, to die as gain. I love this quote by Daryl Johnson. He says, evil is overcome when we do not let the threat of death intimidate us. And so we preach the gospel to ourselves day and night. We preach it to ourselves, we preach it to those around us, and we tell our accuser the gospel. Well, we settle with our accuser by living kingdom now with gospel urgency. And I wanna end with this passage out of Romans chapter eight. He says, this is Paul. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who's to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God and is indeed interceding for us. He's praying for us. And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it's written, for your sake, we're being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says, no. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's your reality. That's your testimony. I want you to declare. We're gonna declare right now. We're gonna declare that this is my testimony. I, that, that's me, I gotta stand on, that's my testimony. Let's, let's make war right now. Amen? Amen. Amen.